Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear Moon to Moon, I am so excited to get this conversation out in the world. You're about to listen to me chatting with Mary Greasy, who I'll introduce in a second. We met last Friday. I'm recording this on Monday morning. It's the 12th, I think. Um, The moon is shifting um, from Pisces to Aries right now. And I wasn't going to be putting this out for a couple more weeks, but I just, I'm so excited. Like, I just can't handle it not being out in the world. (laughs) Um, We could have talked for hours. There is a deep connection between between us that I'm sure is partly mysterious, but truly I feel not only human Britain excited to be with Mary, but I feel my whole spirit team like with me. Like they're really excited that I know Mary and they're really excited that we're creating this friendship. And so I want to name that. You might be able to, to feel the, 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 the depth of what's happening between us. And um, following the mysteries of the connections that I, that I make through just following my desire, following my curiosity, following like a voice that's talking to me about like, go talk to this person, go get to know this person. This, um, following that like runs my life now. And I, I'm so grateful to be someone who has the courage to do that because I used to not listen to that because I was afraid, you know, afraid, like, what if they don't want to know me? What if they don't, what if they don't want to talk to me? What if they are annoyed at me for bugging them? That was a big one I used to always hear is that I'm going to bug people. (laughs) And now I understand that if there's an, an impulse, like if there's a, if it's a picture that you're feeling, seeing in your mind's eye or like your heart is kind of lifting about somebody else that that is really divine and that is the compass, you know, that that's the compass. And I'll just take all the parts of me worried about, 
whether Mary likes me, whether someone likes me with me, as I continue to trust that these impulses are sacred. So, uh, yeah, I asked Mary to come on Moon to Moon and Mary said, yes, (laughs) like right away. And we got something on the books. So thank you, Mary. I'm going to call this uh, episode Remembering Your Gifts. Remembering is a word that I use a lot, and remembering is a big keyword for Mary. I took her class last spring, The Architecture of Remembering. And what I don't, I can't speak for Mary, but what I really love about the, this word, and I imagine it's part of what Mary loves about it is that it puts the power back into the student to remember remember that um, what you're teaching, what you're conveying in your class is something that the student already knows, you know? And I really enjoy teaching from that place of like being more like a hermit and my my role is like just being a lantern, just like remember, remember how you already know this. <sighs> yes, yes, you already know this. It's such a, it feels very em- empowering for both sides because then I can relax the part of me that's like I've got to convey all the information, like I you know I've got to make sure they get it or something like that, and that and it. It, it for me it's really just about illuminating what may have been forgotten forgotten over lifetimes or forgotten in this lifetime for reasons that you know aren't our fault and here they are remembering and it's just a process that takes us deeper and deeper you will hear about how we are connected and then later in the conversation, you will hear about how, um, well, first, let me just give Mary's bio so I can give some context to what I'm about to say. Mary Greasy is a psychic medium, multidimensional channeler, and visual artist based in Los Angeles, California. She's been connected to the unseen world ever since she can remember and works closely with her spirit guides. Mary is passionate about connecting her clients to their truest selves, spirit team, and loved ones who have crossed over to the spirit world. She also loves helping other intuitives find their voice in this world, whether that be through a one-on-one session or mentorship. Yes. So the the course I took, The Architecture of Remembering, um, she joked that it's her greatest hits. We covered the basics of psychic development, um, then mediumship, and then um, uh, soul regression. So life, past life regression is what I mean. And um, when I took it, the first and the third there, I had already had training in, but it was really different and expansive to receive these teachings through somebody else's vocabulary, somebody else's toolkit, somebody else's frequency, then how I learned it. 
And so, because the truth is with these, with our, with remembering our gifts, it's not that thing where you're like, all right, I already done that. Or like, I already, I already know that, you know, like that kind of attitude is, <laughs> I have found to be true, not super helpful when we're speaking about, well, frankly, most things I would say, but um, definitely not in the realm of our intuitive gifts because um, it is mostly mystery, you know? Like, it is mostly mystery. So, like, how can you ever say, oh, I already know that, or I've already done that? Like, you you can't. It's not, it's not a possible thing. You can't say that about astrology either. Like, there is no way to, like, reach a limit. There's no, there's no way to be like, I've already learned everything there is to know about Aries. That's just not a thing. <laughs> like, I already know the tarot. I don't need to learn anymore. Like, that kind of, that kind of attitude just is not magical, you know? And so, um, but I never learned about mediumship when I went in. So that was the one that like, oh my gosh, like really blew me open. And, um, and in fact, it like really scares me. There's so many parts of me that are terrified. And you know why? It's not, the terror that I feel is not really that something bad will happen at all. Like at all. Some part of me is afraid of my power here. Some part of me is like afraid to really know myself to really know myself in in such a love frequency. And this is okay. I'm going to unfold my my gifts there on their own timing. And to me, this is not a problem or something to shame myself for. But I'm very happy to be initiated in the process and I will go at my own slow pace with it. So what but what I want to tell you is that over the course of the conversation you um, hear me talk about my process of understanding myself as a channeler, a multidimensional channeler, because we were talking about Mary um, channeling her her guides and being um, gifted in direct what what's called direct voice and what's called automatic writing, channeled writing. And um, I was sharing about how I, I know I have these gifts and that I, like, I really love that Mary knows who she's communicating with and is, like, really openly doing that in a public way and that I feel myself to be at, like, a precipice of wanting to really get into what it is I'm doing in a more committed way, in a more... Um, like next level curiosity, next level remembering. And we joked like, mm, maybe I should do mentorship with you. So after we quit recording, we had a whole conversation. Like we went, we talked on and we talked a long time after we stopped recording because we were just having so much fun. And it was difficult to close because there was like always one more thing that we wanted to talk about. Um, but... Um, I'm, I'm going to be working with Mary 
um, Mary and I are going to start doing a one-on-one mentorship to help me like really go to a new space with my channeling. And I'm totally freaked out. (laughs) But again, it's not because I think something like bad is going to happen. It's because honestly, the scarier thing for all of us is to feel closer to the magnificence of these gifts, you know, like that's a lot for the human self to hold. So there's no wrong timing, you know, it's like all about to me, like listening to that same impulse I was speaking about at the beginning, listening to that impulse of like, oh, now is the time that I'm going to do that. Because why? Because I'm feeling the desire and the desire is sacred. The desire is divine, you know, and so, oh, Looks like Mary and I are doing mentorship. (laughs) That's here now. (laughs) So very exciting. So on the other side of our conversation, which I'm just like freaking out. I can't wait for you to hear this. Um, It just feels like a, a whole new world for moon to moon, moon to moon, which is now almost a four years old. So exciting. Um, I just really loved this conversation like at so many levels of my being and then on the other side of the conversation I want to share with you my saying yes to this mentorship the very next day and then now this morning you know every morning since Friday I have just sat down on my journal and just like like pages and pages have been coming out Um, And I want to share with you some of the channel writing that I've been doing just since I said yes, like we haven't started. That is what happens when you say yes to something that is going to take you to the next realm. The shifts start happening immediately. It's so exciting. All right, y'all. And please enjoy my conversation with Mary Gracie. Welcome to Moon to Moon, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so wonderful to be in space with you. Yes, me too. (laughs) So usually when folks come on to Moon to Moon, we begin with sharing how we're connected as human beings. And um, I don't know how you found me, but I know how I found you. Um, and that's through our shared friend, Rebecca Paget. Um, Rebecca had been my astrology student in 2020, and we all got really close because that was the year of quarantine. And we were such a tight community inside of this astrology class, um, exploring 
the cosmos together and learning about ourselves. And then um, the next year I offered the first of an annual container that I do for emerging mystics and healers and readers called the magician's table. And Rebecca said that she didn't want to do it that year because she was working on developing uh, her intuition and psychic development. And um, I was like, all right, you go, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) And the next year she came back to the, she came to magician's table and um, there's an episode on Moon to Moon from fall of 2022 titled, um, This is Who I Am Now, where she shared the process of um, the magician's table revealing that it, her psychic um, gifts were really speaking to her. And it became, it was like a death process because it was a letting go of Rebecca, the astrologer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a fascinating path when you think you're on one mystical path and then now you're on another mystical path. Yes. And um, last year around exactly this time, I was talking more and more with Rebecca because Rebecca was supporting me um, in last year's magician's table as what I call the 13th reader, which is like the, um, the, the person helping me hold the space who's also participating in it. And in our conversations we were having, I shared that I wanted to go deeper in my own psychic development, that I'd had all this training and intuition, but there was something about the way that she was connecting that was um, calling me at a spirit level. And then she recommended you to me. And she's like, you're not going to believe this, but Mary's class, Architecture of Remembering, is going to be starting really soon. And I can't recommend it enough. And I had been on hiatus from learning containers. I hadn't been taking any classes, but I trust Rebecca so completely and um, took Architecture of Remembering with you last spring. As you know, I was, did it completely asynchronously, but um, devo- with devotion and um, really opened into some gifts I didn't know that I had and I'm still experimenting with. So that's when I started following you and really attuning to your voice um, as you speak t- more broadly beyond that container. And and then I was able to receive a reading from you in December, which was so deeply meaningful. We connected to my dad and uh, just to every cell in my body, I say thank you. And I witness you in your beautiful, glorious gifts. Oh, Both as a re- yeah, as a healer <laughs> and as a teacher, because I find I found your curriculum to be very elegant and really thoughtful and structured in a way that felt like logically, um, like something that you you could understand why it followed the path that it um, followed, while still being you know extremely expansive. Um, in this kind of like Pisces Virgo polarity. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for coming on Moon to Moon. Oh, thank you so much for saying all that. And it's an honor to know you and be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what I'd really love to do is find out more about um, how you became the person that you are today, emerging into today. 
Mary Greasy, the multidimensional channeler and mm -hmm. the psychic and the spiritual medium and the visual artist. Um, what I'd love to just let you speak for a while and take up space with your story. It's not like most people going through elementary school, high school, college are planning to become mediums. Um, so right. I'd love to learn more about how you found out about your gifts and um, what you love about sharing your gifts. Yeah, thank you. Well, like any story, it's definitely a roller coaster and it's not linear. <laughs> so um, I'm one of those mediums or, you know, psychic mediums that knew they were a medium since birth, I guess. Um, obviously, I don't remember, you know, that going that far back, but I think my earliest memories were was about four years old. And my uh, grandmother, who I'm named after her, Mary, uh, she passed in our home. And I remember it just obviously it's, you know, crushing my mom because um, that was her mom. And there was a period of time. It was like a week after her passing um, where I could see her walking around the house. And when I say see her, a lot of you know, mediums talk about seeing spirit in their mind's eye, but I would see her like full bodied as if she was, you know, there. And I remember there was this one time cleaning my room. And of course I wasn't actually cleaning. I was just playing while my mom was actually putting the toys away. <laughs> and she was on the other side of my bed. And um, so I couldn't really, you know, like see her, I was crouched down and I heard, very just odd like audibly mary someone just shouting my name but it sounded kind of like muffled like it was in a, a tube or like it just sounded a little bit different but of course i'm four and whatever like that's i was like oh i heard a voice saying my name i'm gonna i'm gonna say what so i turn around and i'm like what to my mom and she looks at me and she's like what and and then i heard mary again and I go, what? And she's like, I didn't say anything. And then she looked at me almost as if we knew that at that moment, I was actually hearing something. Um, and she smiles and she kind of made this comment like, like, I know, I know you're hearing that. And these instances would happen over and over again, where, where we would have these um, moments together where I was kind of like sensing the spirit communication from her mom and she would be like, that's my mom, huh? And I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah. Um, so definitely that was her voice that I was hearing, um, saying my name and there would be instances like the lights going on and off, um, in the house. And it wasn't the random, like electricity in an old house. It was like, very intentional, like the light switch <laughs> going on and off. And I know up until now that like, this is how spirit communicates with lots of people, right? Is messing with the electricity. And so there, you know, I could, I could tell you lots of stories here um, about my childhood and spirits, but these were the things where I was like, 
okay, I can communicate with spirit. <laughs> and and I, I knew my mom also had the gift. And I actually know Mary, my namesake, she had um, a natural gift to be a medium. But I think there was something within me that was like amplified. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what that is. Um, and I'll just lean into the mystery of that and be grateful for it. Um, but this, this gift was really amazing, but then it turned into something quite scary. Um, if you remember like the early nineties, uh, there were those shows like sightings and unsolved mysteries. <laughs> and, um, I can hear like the, dun, 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 like the, um, you know, the song of the show coming on and it just gives me the shivers <laughs> and that instantly put me in a fear based um, mode from watching these shows so young and really um, feeling like that the spirit world is scary because of this. So it really turned this magical, um, like pure um, feeling of connecting with spirit to this, like, I'm being haunted. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and then I will say it simultaneously. I had a lot of childhood trauma with my siblings and, um, you know, my father and my parents. So, um, I, th I think with any very sensitive child, um, one would confuse also to like that for maybe dark entities or something, throw throwing that in the mix. So I really pushed it away. And I think this is a common story for most mediums, like where they have this like really pure um, ability to communicate with spirit. And then it turns fearful because we're not given the, um, the platform or the, sorry, the foundational um, sort of support, right? And I think my mom just like, didn't know like what, what to do. Um, it could be a generational thing. I'm not sure. Um, I think that I really just had to find my own way. So fast forward to my teens, um, I was actually gifted a tarot deck <laughs> and, uh, which I still, I still have today. And um, I, that was kind of like my first foray, uh, into using, you know, my psychic abilities. And that's really how I read the tarot. Cause I know there's like many ways to, you know, use the tarot. Um, I think, well, I always call, I always called tarot my safe bridge to communicate. Um, to me, it was something tangible that could make sense to me to connecting with psychic ability. And then from there around like 18, 19 years old, I went to college and, um, I majored in art and my art practice. Thank, thank God for it. <laughs> Cause that was the thing. It was a tool for me to really, again, like ground what I'm doing in a tangible way. Um, and in, in, you know, in university and in school, um, there wasn't like a psychic media major. And I knew that I wanted to pursue a higher education. And I also think there was pressure of like, that was the thing we did. Like you go to college, 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I think times are obviously changing now, but back then, um, that was the next step to like make it in the world. So art was really a way for me to channel, um, you know, I mean, so many things, spirit communication, past life memories, um, feelings and, and, and loss and grief. And it was literally my therapy, my like temple space. Um, so I really, uh, went far with that. I, I got three degrees in art. <laughs> so, um, I am a master, um, artist <laughs> and, <laughs> basically, um, really the, the turning point, uh, where I, recognized and identified and I think named my psychic mediumistic ability was um, this one time when I was living in um, Toronto and that's where I got my master's degree and I my good friend um, Brooke who owns um, this shop this really cute shop I think it's closed now um, she asked me to be her resident reader um, I think that the reader before, uh, yeah, like couldn't do it anymore or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, really? <laughs> and it was like, I, I think that that moment, it was the door opener for me to actually help people with this thing that I have. And, um, so of course, you know, I said yes and immediately was like, um, you know, giving, you know, giving the readings, um, loving it and really feeling like, okay, I think, you know, this is something that I could really see myself, you know, doing. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm like, um, bartending, waiting tables, <laughs> um, biking to my art studio in the snow, like not even joking. And, trying, trying to make it as an artist simultaneously too. Um, so it wasn't until I had this, um, call, this deep knowing, um, almost like when I heard my mom, um, sorry, not my mom, my grandmother in the spirit world, just whisper, move to LA. <laughs> and it was like, wow, it was loud. And at the time I was dating someone who I had like extremely, you know, strong feelings for. And he was one of um, the first men in a really long time where um, I felt safe. And it was like this budding, really amazing relationship in Toronto. And I was like, but the voice was so loud that even, even that I was like, I'm going to sacrifice <laughs> this like amazing relationship that I found, you know, um, for this just deep knowing of like, you need to go there. And I didn't fully like, I mean, I knew it had to do with a career, but it was this just like, you got to go. So I packed up everything. Um, my one eyed pug, Susie Q. <laughs> oh. <laughs> RIP. She's amazing. Um, and, uh, drove, yeah, cross country, um, to Los Angeles <laughs> with, with like all my belongings, my weaving loom and like all my stuff. And, um, when I got to LA, I mean, LA whipped my ass. It, it was really hard. 
And again, I found myself, you know, um, nothing, there's nothing wrong with waiting tables and serving. It's just, you know, it's not my path. Um, but it, it was really hard on me. Um, and I moved back and, you know, my family is all here in LA. So that was like the silver lining. It was really nice, you know, to be back with family. Um, but then at one point there was this opening for this, um, spiritual shop. Um, I'll not name it, but, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they were looking for a reader. Uh, and I meet immediately, I was like, yes. So I, I did the interview where I read for the, the owner. And, um, so pretty, pretty early on my move there, I just slipped in and I found that opening and, started started reading for people at this like metaphysical shop in LA um which I always called it my psychic boot camp <laughs> <laughs> um and I think the rest was history I really built up my clientele from there and um I I will attribute that to a lot of um really uh my I guess my visibility um and really connecting with people in that in this way and um there I got Reiki attuned and that was actually the pivot where it opened up my my crown uh chakra and it opened up my cl like clairvoyance and from there I was literally I was putting down the tarot cards and I was just giving people readings through me without picking up a card and um, and then simul like simultaneously, I started, um, feeling spirit people, uh, like their departed loved ones. And I, I was like, I know I have your, your grandma here. I know. And I'm like, I think I'm a medium. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, again, you know, I didn't have the development and the support. So, you know, that from there I, um, start, I started getting, um, you know, training and, and development. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, 2020, when we all know that lovely year, uh, the pandemic, the world shut down. And um, I gave birth to my first daughter, Sophie, um, in February, and my mom passed away about five days later. And then we dropped into a worldwide pandemic. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. And it, it was the most gut-wrenching thing. Like, I feel like really emotional just bringing it up, but it was like literally the grief turned itself into some spiritual awakening that I had never felt in my life. Literally, as I just said that I saw a spark in my left eye <laughs> right now, that was really, really uh, cool. Okay. So um, I can, yeah, my mom's definitely here supporting this. And so basically I, it, the spirit world was like blown wide open. I could, um, the, 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 the scent, the psychic senses that I really wasn't fully attuned to, like, um, I would say I'm mostly a, a visual, um, like I, I'm very clairvoyant. I started to hear audibly, um, like when I was a child, um, spirit people, these guides that I channel, um, my, I was having spontaneous memories of past life civilizations on other planets. <laughs> I was, um, and I was like, okay, Mary, 
you got to like hone this in. And, um, and then I just started mentoring um, with someone and uh, to, to really like fine tune um, my evidential mediumship, which, which is basically like proving consciousness after bodily death um, with evidence that the sitter would understand. Um, so yeah, I, I now it's like four years later, I, I, I think I have a PhD in mediumship. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dear teacher passed away summer of 2022. Um, but like, it's been a, a wild ride of, um, channeling extra dimensional beings, um, like giving birth to two of my daughters, um, which motherhood is like a crazy journey in itself. Um, losing my mom and um, really, I think more just stepping into this is, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is how I am um, serving and expressing, you know, myself. So that was a really long story. <laughs> so thank you uh, for listening to that. Thank you, Mary. I feel so much energy in my left hand. It's like, I feel like my whole guidance is like holding my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. um, I have many questions, but I'm wondering like what, what it is, do you think about the alchemy of grief? Yeah. What is it about grief that opened that opens? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's so many layers, yeah, to that to that question. Um, but the first layer that I'll talk about is for me, um, connecting with my mom in a way that was so pure and not kind of fucked up from sorry about my cussing um explicit but, podcast <laughs> oh, oh okay well we just made it explicit so <laughs> um so yeah effed up by the um the ego like like really just knowing her on a soul level connecting with her spirit and her truth and I I could it was so beautiful and I know that's not really like quote unquote grief, but it was like really, really like fully seeing her. And then I, I know I had this knowing that she saw me, um, you know, not, not Mary, the youngest of four kids, like always baby Mary, <laughs> you know, and, but she really saw me in my power. And um, there was this beautiful journey that carried me through, you know, of you're my spirit guide now. Like you're on my team. This is so cool. And um, really, I, I think that I'm lucky in a way that I have these tools or grateful, I guess I would say that I have these tools um, that I've developed and, and um, figured out to where I don't have to wonder if my mom is there. Like I know it and I can connect with her as a medium. Um, of course, like you know, I've had two, um, two kids since she passed. So like, there's the, those moments where when she's not here physically, like, like, Hey, like I really need help. Cause I got this appointment and there's no one here to like, 
help me with the kids or help me when I'm breastfeeding and I don't know how to like do this thing and you know just any like motherly advice um about being a mom like I never had that so that was really really fucking hard um and you know lately I've been thinking that this was all honestly like perfectly kind of orchestrated at the same time um in the development of my my mediumship too as shitty as that sounds mm -hmm. um but it is like I said in the beginning like this journey is not linear like certain days especially this week I've been feeling really heavy with grief and I think that um, in these moments is is to really just go through it and to allow myself to um, recognize it and allow myself to be human instead of spiritual medium, Mary, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'll allow myself to just fall, you know, and that helps me, um, like you said, like alchemize, you know, and really just be in a down place because I know that this is a roller roller coaster that I'm gonna be 80 years old and miss her you know mm -hmm. hopefully I'll make it to 80 but yeah mm -hmm. thank you for that I feel it so deeply I feel very emotional yeah yeah it's uh yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, there's, I wouldn't say that's every medium's uh, journey is this like deep loss, but I would say um, there's always a story <laughs> that brings us here, you know, like a, a grief, a grief journey, unfortunately. Yeah. Do your siblings have, um, do they play with these gifts at all? Yeah, I love that you are bringing that up because my sister, who's actually like, she's the oldest in the family and her and I are, her, her and I are pretty close and she, um, she's an Aquarius. I'll just name that. <laughs> I'm a Leo. So we're like polar, <laughs> on the pol polar spectrum. Um, and she's recently really coming into her gifts and her and I talk about, we're like, this is in our maternal lineage, like straight up. And um, she, I recently for her birthday was a few days ago, actually. And I bought her this beautiful uh, ceramic, like Kuan Yin um, sculpture. And mm. she loves her. And um, she's really, really coming into her own voice as I'll just name it. I'm like, you're a psychic, like straight up. She's a therapist for a living. Um, but I'm like, I think what you're actually doing is um, you're holding psychic space. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. 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 I uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my, I have two other siblings yeah. in there. Not really totally utilizing it, but, um, and they're, uh, they're two brothers and they're, um, but I would say it's within them, you know, but I just think they don't express it, you know, like my sister and I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so when did you begin the process of teaching, uh, developing your courses? Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, of course, they evolved through, throughout the years with what I was doing and then mastering, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I would say I started, well, I started teaching at university when I was a grad school student. <laughs> right. That was years and years ago. Um, but so I've always I've loved teaching. That's like a big passion of mine is to help other people hone in, you know, their gifts. Um, and cause I didn't receive that. Like, it's so important for me for people to, um, really not feel strange or weird or like there's something wrong with them. I'm like, no, this is real. Like, um, so I would say it really hit strongly with like the teaching, um, when I moved to LA, like, uh, probably a few, few years after that, um, when I really started honing in, um, this with clients. Um, and it first started with like tarot, like teaching. Cause that, that was what I was like, I really knew, you know? Um, and then it started moving more into like psychism and then mediumship. Um, and then now, you know, teaching the architecture of remembering, um, uh, my greatest hits basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah. so I would say, God, like seven years, like seven, eight years, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Teaching pretty consistently. Well, certainly the architecture of remembering felt very like, um, yeah, like felt like a home, you know, well. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It, yeah. um, it was something that that class was totally channeled and i rem i remember that i had my i always i know something is um obviously channeled when i am stopped dead in my tracks and uh my guides were like get a pen out like get your notebook out write this shit down <laughs> and um i just literally wrote the curriculum and my husband was right there he was like he was like, oh my God, like, this is a really, you got to teach this. And I just started, like, I wrote a whole 12 week course in 30 minutes. And yeah, but I mean, obviously it was my whole years and years of expertise and practice and development fails and wins and things like this, but it was just like vomited out of me. <laughs> Sorry to use that word, but, oh. um, and voila yeah it was like it happened and I released it and it's been really awesome you know teaching that these past few years yeah do you feel like I mean I think that you said in the class that it's your sense that we're all capable of psychic gifts and mediumship yeah yeah I do agree with that um I mean, first of all, we're, we're all spiritual beings, you know, we're all souls living in this human body, this human vehicle, this experience. Um, but I do think that people are born with an expression, like a 
it might be in their DNA. And I, I think we're all still trying to figure this out, like what it actually is. It's our life mission, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really is up to what do you desire? What do you want? Um, and what are you innately drawn to? Um, so I think anyone could be a psychic. Anyone can be a medium if it is something that um, you want and something that you are innately attracted to for you know whatever reason that is right so just like anyone can be a doctor but can anyone really like I think you have to really want it um Mm. yeah and to have that expression that that um drive to like do the thing because mediumship is hard work and and it takes like consistent development um and I think a lot of people don't really know that or like recognize that mm-hmm. like it's a party trick or <laughs> yeah not a thing that you have and then you just have access to the same way always absolutely yeah yeah and I imagine for me like my own uh process of dabbling in it is um it really taps into my fear of being wrong or like of making a mistake. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. To be an evidential medium. Like that's a, that's a lot of bravery in healing the parts of you that might be afraid that like you'll be invalidated if you don't get it all right. You are speaking (laughs) my soul because (laughs) literally I feel like I should start a podcast about this, like <laughs> the the anxiety of a psychic medium stories, <laughs> volume one. <laughs> this is like for reals. And I think I have a Venus or wait, no, I have a Mercury Virgo. So like how I read that is like straight up. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> and I think yes. that being a medium is like healing bomb. It is so hard for me to like you know um let go I I think it's hard for anyone to let go of the ego and not the ego in like this like shitty narcissistic way I mean more like the ego in a way of like the ego keeps us safe and I am such someone like in my mind I'm I have a strong mind (laughs) (laughs) which is probably why I love teaching right um Mm -hmm. but mediumship has healed every like it is healed all aspects of my life it has been the most incredible journey um of really getting to know my soul how it works in the way that is not physical but then how my soul then works (laughs) with my nervous system and my physical body um and then getting to know all this cool shit about the spirit world. I mean, I can, I can go on and on how cool mediumship is, but um, the not wanting to get it wrong is literally the thorn in any medium side. <laughs> yeah. It's, um. It, it, you consistently throughout it, throughout a reading, I mean, I think it gets better as you develop, but um, I don't care if you're like a world-class medium. Like, I think- that anxiety is always going to somewhat be there. Yeah. And like 
to, to stay with your channel or to stay open, even as you've quote unquote missed, or you're not getting feedback that, um, it, the person knows what you're talking about and to hold it to that level of self-trust. It's just like, feels yeah. like a, truly a healing practice in itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been readings where the client is like, no, no, I don't remember. No. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my. But the, the feeling that the spirit communicator gives me as I'm, as I'm receiving that information is always my feeling of it, this is a yes. I know full body that this information is accurate. Um, so I'm going to trust that what I'm getting, this client will probably remember the information later and then email me or like, <laughs> you know, tell me, uh, oh, remember that thing you said that I said no to, you know? Um, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I know I'm right. Because of course I'm wrong in all of my readings about something. Um, and, but like the beauty of um, mediumship as you develop is like really trusting yourself enough to then know that that resonance of trust in the spirit world. So yes, trust <laughs> is a huge thing. Trust. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Um, do you think for you, obviously different people will have different answers to this question, but I'm asking Mary, <laughs> do you feel that the soul is the same thing as consciousness or are they different distinct things? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the soul is that immortal consciousness um, and the, the body is the vehicle to drive us through this incarnation that we've chosen, I guess. So, yeah, I think the soul is definitely. Um, I don't know if the word consciousness, I, I yeah, I guess I would say that. Um but you know that there's the conscious mind and then the un the unconscious awareness and then the super conscious. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that the, the brain I've, I've had to do a lot of, um, this is going to sound weird to say, I've, I've done a lot of thinking about the brain, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in how much the, the brain, um, affects our consciousness or what we're aware of, mm -hmm. you know? And, and giving the brain like something to do. Um, so because the brain is that thing that gets in the way of the beauty, I think of these readings, um, going back to like the, I don't want to be wrong type thing. So, um, but yeah, for sure. Like I am very sold that the consciousness does not die <laughs> after Yes. And I think earlier you said something about the, um, the, the spirits of our loved ones as, as being like a, a consciousness that's, that's still ongoing. 
Is did I hear that correctly? That our loved ones in spirit are they're like a form of consciousness. Yeah. Um you know, there's something to be said about like I I think the more that I've been teaching these subjects on, you know, the spirit world and things like that there's some things that I allow to just rest into the mystery of like, of not knowing, like, I I really actually don't know a hundred percent answer to this question. Um, but in my, in my lived experience or my experience with being a medium, working with people's loved ones, my mom and other people that have passed close to me is that they absolutely retain their personality. Um, they retain their essence of, you know, how like you can hang out with someone in a room and like, forget what they look like or how they dress, whatever. But sitting next to them, you feel their resonance of like, this is definitely you. Like, this is your flavor, their frequency. So they, the spirit world retains this frequency. Um, actually a better example of that is like having an animal, right? Um, like two pug dogs. <laughs> Sorry, I love pugs. Um, <laughs> they can look the same seemingly, but there there's always like um, a frequency about them and who they are when they're alive, right? Mm. I don't think that part dies necessarily. There is always this like uniqueness, it, I, maybe individualism or something like that. Um, And sometimes I always question or wonder when I'm doing mediumship, I'm like, is this because you're giving me information because this is how your loved one would remember you, you know? And are you still actually like that on the other side? What is it like on the other side? (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm eternally obsessed, yeah, with this question. Yeah. Do you have any data to share? Like what, 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 what have you heard? <laughs> oh my God. I, I do. I got to share some writing with you actually um, after this, but I am writing a book about, about this, which has morphed and changed in the past few years. But so like rewind back to 20, is it 2021 actually? I was studying um, in Akashic Records, kind of like a certification course um, with this woman, Josephine. And one of the homework exercises was to open the records um, for, you know, for yourself and then like journal, you know, what you got after. Um, And what seemingly was like going to be just this moment where I was really just open to open, you know, no pun intended, opening (laughs) the readings, um, the records, like I was not expecting really to have this like profound shared death experience that followed. And so I'm just sitting there, um, on the ground with my notepad near me. And I'm like doing, you know, that opening Akashic prayer and all of a sudden, um, I feel my mom and, I'm like, okay, well, it looks like she's here. She's going to help guide me, you know, through the records. 
And um, she's like, I want to, I want to um, help you understand the spirit world. I want to help you. Um, you know, I was writing a book like at the time, pretty furiously. And she's like, I want to, I want to help you understand what it's like on the other side. And so basically um, I saw the moment of her passing and um, she was laying down um, on that. I remember because, you know, I was there saying goodbye to her in the um, hospital bed and she wasn't conscious. Um, she wasn't even in her body, really. She And I saw that my grandma Mary was there on the other side of the bed. And um, I saw her soul float above her physical body she held her mom's hand and they sort of went into this like um, portal, like this like circular looking thing. And then all of a sudden it was as if I was like transported into my mom's um, experience, like as if I was first person in her experience. And I saw all these like hands and I know this sounds super creepy but it was like a bunch of hands opening this um like like this portal and the hands made it open wider and wider and wider um and then I just dove into this portal <laughs> and um on the other side was what we would call I guess heaven and I just sort of landed in this wide open lit up space that was very prismatic rainbow type like colors everywhere and essentially um these buildings started um appearing like around me like landscape and um I had this knowing all of a sudden that uh the other side is uh how we want it to be it's subjective and I started seeing these Greek Greek marble pillars. And I know this is so cliche, <laughs> but, um, and I had this knowing that that was my mom's experience. Like that was what she was seeing. And so then, um, I saw all of the loved ones on the other side. Um, and it was like, not as individuals. I, I, I almost can't explain this with words, but it was like, all the animals that passed, all the other, um, the relatives, like they were just all around. And um, she took me through this journey of like, um, they call it like the healing pools. And um, there it's like, instead of water, it's this like pla plasma um, jelly -like, sub like substance. And you would immerse your soul or I guess your, holographic body because I think I she still had like this like hologram of a human body at that point um like she was like transitioning I don't know if that makes sense um and she immersed herself into this plasma like jelly substance um almost like when you see oil on the top of water it kind of has that sheen if you know what I'm talking about or like gasoline yeah. on the top of water um, yes yeah and I, she, she entered it or I entered it because I was still living her experience and I was just bawling like the healing that took place and it was almost like I had this knowing of like she wanted to help me heal and also understand 
that she was okay. She went through this whole healing process on the other side. And then I had this download in this, this um, moment where um, it was a knowing and it wasn't even in like <laughs> linear sentences. It was, it was basically in a nutshell, her saying, you have a lot of time here left. You are here to do important things for our world. And um, our world is going through a big change at this time. And um, I want you to be strong. I love you. Please be strong. And um, it was just like bawling, <laughs> just crying. And there were these like maidens or these like beautiful women in gowns around me washing me I was just like this is amazing and because I was crying the grief like the loss and like oh my god like I wish I was actually here anchored me back into my physical body and I was like no I don't want to leave and then I fully came back in my body because I was sad basically yeah. so that resonance or that frequency of like recognizing that I'm actually not there and I'm sad. It pulled me out of that. Mm -hmm. But I was so lucky to have that experience. And I also, I call that a legit shared death experience. I, um, and I had to Google it after it. Like, I'm like, is this real? <laughs> and, um, it was as if I was really there and I have read, you know, experiences of past life ex um, or sorry, not past life um, near death experiencers and how it like changes them after and how, I mean, it wasn't a near death experience, but it was definitely like I was shown something totally supernatural <laughs> like and um it it was so real so that was that's something that I'm going to be writing about thank you for sharing that absolutely yeah you're um you shared with me about my dad's experience of crossing over and it's just so profound to to feel what you shared and feel into the peace around it yeah so much fear of death and loss and grief that tapping into the peace is is not always accessible you know or the first thing that you think about. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And as you're speaking, um, the message that I'm hearing is that um, the buildup of death isn't what we think. Mm -hmm. And if we celebrated death in the way that we celebrate birth, um, it would just be a birth into another reality. Um, mm. and it, what I've been told, you know, some deaths are profoundly painful. So I, or traumatic, so I can't like, it's, it's a very unique experience for everyone. Um, but what I've heard is it's, 
the moment of death is like breathing in this moment and then you're breathing into another. It's like you, one door opens and one door closes, you know, and it's actually much easier when we surrender into it and, and allow the process instead of, you know, some people are like my mom fought death for a really long period of time. So I wish there was more awareness, you know, around this. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to ask you about the council of 12 that you speak of. Um, I'm wondering if you could share with listeners about what that term means to you, when it came in, and how you work with the Council of Twelve. Yeah. Um, well, I'm like, everything has a really long story. <laughs> so I'll try not to make it too crazy long. But um, yeah, these these beings, they're extra dimensional beings. Um from multiple like planetary system and basically they came into my conscious awareness um when I went to this uh camping event in southern Oregon it's like a women's gathering and I was giving readings at this gathering and um I was reading for uh one person there and in the middle of the reading, something weird happened. And um, I wouldn't even say weird, but weird because it it's not it wasn't normal <laughs> to my readings at that time. I just started feeling like um I was speaking and it wasn't me. And not in a creepy way, but in this beautiful, profound way. And I had I had this vision that above um the tent, above the treetops of where I was like geographically there was this um starship <laughs> and and um they were like letting me know that we're here you are actually channeling us and um I had you know feelings before about like okay like I I think I'm channeling something but I just like don't know who it is and um, of course, like, you know, I had my guides and things like that, but um, it was this like vision that I had and it came through me and um, a group of ravens just started like cawing at the <laughs> same time. Um, and I just started channeling and it was uh, pretty, pretty incredible. And I didn't know that I was actually pregnant with my first daughter, um, at that time, very newly pregnant, like before you can take the, I guess, pregnancy test. So um, at that point, um, they started giving me information. They as in the council of 12 um, that the following year, because this was, sorry to give a context of time. This was um, summer of 2019. And mm -hmm. um I had gotten really, really, really sick with this thing called hyperemesis um, gravidarum. I think I'm saying that right. Um, where I was uh, vomiting and stuff like that from pregnant, early pregnancy. Um, and through this like constant sickness, this release, um, 
I could feel them there um, giving me messages. And and it was always about the collective, about about the world, about the world. And at that point, I, I, I didn't think that's who I was. I thought I was more of like a one-on-one type reader. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to help individuals with their lives. And these guides came in and gave me a broader sense of now how can I help reach more people and help our world um so they had me um start this um women's like gathering this retreat um that I launched within one month and then released a retreat like very quickly um and it was all about remembering who we are I just I I, I forget the exact title but it was something about like remember who you are. Um, and it was this constant theme of getting people ready for the years to come. And then in, um, 2020 or sorry, this was like right when, um, it was December, 2019. And then, uh, January of 2020, uh, I released this channeling of 2020 being the great change from the council of 12. And they called this time the great change. And um, basically uh, this automatic writing process that I had with them, which was I grab a pen, a pen and I do this in my readings all the time, mm-hmm. uh, which you've experienced, yeah. And they basically take my hand and I just start writing what they're telling me. And um, then after a few months, I would close my eyes and they would say, now talk. And I would allow them to enter my, um, my spirit body, my space, you know, uh, aura. And I, as I close my eyes into the channel, I would see them in this horseshoe type half circular shape. And I would be in the middle of this horseshoe and, um, the channel would feel like a hive mind, like they're all speaking, but I'm hearing one singular singular voice that would make sense to my human brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I would directly ch- like channel it um, with my voice. So then it, this channeling really evolved from like writing to then what we call like direct voice channeling. Um, and then when, you know, my mom passed and my daughter was born and the pandemic happened, <laughs> all those things, uh, it it just exploded open with how I would, you know, channel these uh, galactic extra dimensional beings. So <laughs> I could say so much more, but I, <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, I think I think something like that is happening to, to me. Oh. but I I think some part of me is like I don't need to know it's fine yeah (laughs) but I would like um... to (laughs) um it's very inspirational because um uh like maybe it's okay to know um Mm -hmm. who what's coming through you you know what I mean yeah yeah um, yeah, I'd be curious, uh, what, um, how do you, how do you feel like what, um, when, 
whoever, you know, your guide or whoever is coming through you, like, um, do you just start writing? Like what kind of channeling comes through you? Yeah. Um, usually it's when I'm alone, it's writing. Um, and I know it's happening because it's like, I feel like I've gotten on a, a moving thing or something like, um, it's just happening, you know, it's like a rolling and, um, it's kind of like you couldn't make this shit up. You know? <laughs> like it feels very like direct, direct communication. Yeah. That's how I Absolutely. do curriculum myself. And, and then, um, I will do that certain times on solo episodes here or in recorded readings for individuals. Um, yeah, yeah. And I love it. Recently, I was in this space with that. I always say them. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I just love it so much. I just want to be here forever. <laughs> uh, it's just such a great feeling um, to be so guided. Um, but yeah, I never know when it's going to lock in the way it will lock in sometimes more than others. Anyway, maybe I yeah. need to, I'll reach out later for mentorship. <laughs> we should, but I mean, it makes so much sense from our reading. I'm not going to like divulge, obviously, our private reading, but just like riffing off of that. And then you're like a Pisces, right? So like, it. I mean, it just, it feels like you're anchored into something and reading your offerings and seeing your stuff on IG. I'm like, this person is channeling something like you, there's a, um, there's a resonance to it, you know, that the words have a frequency that you are bringing and anchoring in a divine intelligence mm. from, from somewhere. That's quite beautiful. And I think that's probably why a lot of people are like, Britain is like so magnetic, you know? <laughs> Well, thank you. I, we both have Venus and Mercury in the 12th house because yeah. I'm an Aries rising. So I have Pisces there, but uh. I do feel that, um, you know, in a chart kind of a way that, uh, the, that signature of having, you know, Mercury, your, your information, you know, your antennae, um, in the 12th house of collective consciousness and dream and, you know, through, through the unseen really can be for people a pronounced kind of um, channel um, to use another, to use a, a word that would make sense. Um, and then Venus too. I feel like Venus is, feels to me with the 12th house, like a a heart channel as well, not just yeah. words, you know, it's like a heart frequency that I feel so much in coming from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's I, a mirrored thing. I guess we both, if we have the same thing, we see it and we recognize it, you know, each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, listeners know that it's been like, um, it's been a process for me to speak about my um, psychic, more like overtly psychic aspects because um, 
because I think there's something still grounded in the tangible logical world to about astrology or write the tarot cards, right? That the system provides like a yeah evidence or something, you know, yes. um, yeah. and realize, realizing that what I'm doing with charts, um, like probably you were describing with the tarot cards is probably um, not as intellectual as I may think it is. And it's actually more of something that's being, um, that's just coming through the chart just signals it. Absolutely. Um, Maybe you're channeling a dead astrologer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, I'm so glad I got to ask about the council of 12. That is just so cool. I I'm very curious. Yeah. You don't have to answer this, but do you have a take on non-human intelligence? Um, like what we previously might have called extraterrestrials that nowadays we're speaking of more as potentially being interdimensional beings that maybe aren't even coming from other planets. Maybe they've just always been here. Um, I'm yeah. curious if, if any of this um, idea of a non-human intelligence, perhaps like even other species like yeah. does it feel like something that resonates as something that's around us and yes supporting us there yeah there's so much to talk about this <laughs> and i'm as you can tell i'm very excited about this subject um <laughs> but that's why i say like i think when i first came out of the closet as a galactic uh channeler yes that was my way of labeling or identifying my, it was like my brain trying to make sense. And I realized over the years, um, it's okay that I I don't even really understand um, because I know it's more than one entity or consciousness. Um, some have bodies, some are incarnated, some are not in a, in a, in a body or in a, um, planetary, I mean, my brain, what is that brain emoji where it explodes? It's like, yes, <laughs> that's literally what goes on in my mind all the time. Um, but yes, like there's a lot of what are the like new age call it the star seed, or I don't know. There's a <laughs> lot of information about these different, um, like, Lyra and Pleiadians and you know all this but there is so much that we don't know um for example here's just one thing that lately I've been pretty interested in is um there's this theory uh when Lemuria or Mu that civilization fell that some of the people from that land uh, before it was completely destroyed. Um, They went in, I think some of them went into, like literally went into Mount Shasta um, and they call this uh, the city of Telos. So Telosian people. And they live in a different dimensional frequency. So they have bodies and um, there's a city, there's a, there's like a, actually like there's a physical reality Um, but because it's not in our dimensional, um, awareness, we don't have, um, 
the we we can't access them or we can't see them we can't experience it there have been um accounts where people have hikers have been in there and then they have been brought into the city and then they talk about their account of meeting these telogian high frequency beings so apparently they're in the fourth fifth um i think don't quote me on that um whatever a higher dimensional <laughs> um <laughs> frequency that we are unable to access because we're in a third dimensional awareness. Um, however, the theory is, is that people of Telos um, talk about that um, more, more and more people are becoming aware of them because more and more people are, are raising their whatever frequency. Um, we can call this a spiritual awakening or like whatever. So I think that there are there's so much that we don't know existing overlapping our dimensional planes um i think that actually some of us get it get confused for hauntings or ghosts um that it's really is just an overlay of another timeline or actually you're seeing some sort of like other dimensional phenomena happening happening um so yeah i believe in dragons and fairies yes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah there's they all exist and mermaids totally mm. <laughs> yum 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 <laughs> so fun oh um. <laughs> let's see you have um i've been seeing your promo lately you have a you yes have a coming up it's um do you want to tell us about it yes yes thank you for bringing that up um yeah it's a uh, I call it my other greatest hits <laughs> <laughs> and so lately I've been feeling the call to really return back to art making my art practice um and fusing um channeling and psychic and mediumship uh with with art and um historically we know lots of artists did this and um my experience in uh art school um wasn't always i mean i was supported but i would say i wasn't always totally supported in creating art that is about the metaphysical um i would get sometimes a frowned look like what are what is this about can you back this up with a theoretical approach and i'm I like Mm, sorry it's maybe the maybe mythology like um mm. uh, but yeah so a lot of the work I did was kind of disregarded and it really was a bummer and I want to just create this like juicy container this space where people who are intuitives like us can make art about it and just I think we're in a time where there it's so dense and heavy and um, a lot of people are experiencing like, uh, where's my prosperity? Where's my, um, and I know abundance, that word is thrown out a lot, but I will use that word. Like, where's my abundance mm -hmm. um, in whatever abundance means to you. And I think that by making art, we are, um, we're coming into we're we're creating that for ourselves so anyway I'm creating this master class it's a 12-week experience um called the art 
art and altar, a channeling masterclass, and you get this handmade altar cloth that I plant dye and hand sew, and I'm going to hand mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically every week we do a method of channeling art, um, a different method, and you get to build up this tangible altar until you have this beautiful, like full um, altar cloth of like um, channeled writing, channeled drawing, um, a sacred vessel, amulets, tal talismans, orographs. Um, yeah. So um, that's in like almost, almost a week, actually it starts. So, and it's well, all mine. <laughs> love your, your teachings. So um, thank you. Inviting everyone to stay connected to your teaching calendar and you have a wait list to do readings, right? Yes. Uh, I open my books actually seasonally. I realized I was unconsciously doing this, but now I am conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be opening them again in um, about mid-March of 2024. And they usually open and close pretty quickly. And then I'll open it again in the summer. So Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tried one time and it wasn't fast enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll read any time for you, Britain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Moon to Moon and sharing yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. You're welcome. So how about that? You know, how about that, y'all? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, this is what I care about. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited to be, like, I can, what it, the picture that I see is like, um, my hands are reaching into like, um, like these mists, these mists that are like the limits of what my human self thinks are possible. And that, that these mists are like where normally I'm like, whoa, uh, mm -mm, no, mm, not that, you know? <laughs> and what it feels like is some parts of me the parts of me that are like no we're going into this are becoming louder than the parts of me that are normally like no I don't think that's a good idea you know and to me this is the threshold that I really love to be in all the time and it moves cyclically like 
I go through these like brave times of the year where I'm like really ready to go into the mists and then it takes months to integrate. And I think that that's incredibly normal and like, I think that's probably how most people experience um, expansion is that what happens is we are called through curiosity, through our desire, through a longing we're the parts of us that want it become louder than the parts of us that are scared, you know? So it's not that we reach the yes because we've discovered we're no longer scared. It's because the longing is louder than the fear, you know? So I'm really, um, you know, feeling like, wow, this is interesting that this is the second year in a row now that I start to feel into my own thresholds and want to expand right as I'm in the peak of Magician's Table promo. Um, And for anyone who hasn't heard about this, this is my three-month container for emerging mystics, emerging readers, emerging intuitives, emerging um, creators who are longing to really expand into new thresholds with an understanding of their magic and an understanding of their offering for the world. It's a very intense container. It's my fourth year to do it. And it's fascinating to me that just as I'm inviting people to do it, I'm also feeling like that for myself, you know, like there's something um, fractal about it, I think, that feels intelligent. And um, like, I'm, I'm wanting to be brave too, you know, like I'm wanting to be curious. I'm wanting to follow this impulse because I know that my approach to astrology has a deeply like galactic um, channeled infusion. Like it's never been an intellectual thing for me, although it does satisfy my long background in being an intellectual. But I've always approached it very mystically. And I've never hid that. It's always been there. But I'm feeling more and more like, I want to teach astrology and I want it to come through my channel more than it ever has been before. I want it to be from this place of connection to what we might even call non-human intelligence that I have, I know that I have, And I want to feel myself separating from this is how I think astrology is supposed to be taught in a much more rogue way um, that is in tune with my spirit because as an Aries rising with a Mars out of bounds, I go rogue. (laughs) And um, I really trust this council, this galactic family that I have, um, I usually refer to them. I feel them to be a them. 
like it's a band of beings, my cosmic family. I refer to them usually by that term. And I'm going to go deeper with Mary and like open it up bigger. But I want to share with you something that came through this morning when I was sitting with my cosmic family. I didn't plan to though. Um, It just started to happen. And so then it was like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. And I wrote things down. And so the way this always works for me is that... um, I start to just feel like something moving through me in a, like a very like um, powerful way as that takes all my attention. Like I, as in like I couldn't like look up and do something else. You know, like this is what's happening right now, and it's really like my voice. It's how I would talk. It's how I would construct a sentence. So I don't really understand how it, it's also filtering through me and it's through filtering through my human work and my, my human self, but it has this like, kind of like, um, it has a, a power behind it that is different than when I'm just sitting there logically thinking about something to, um, write about, you know, in my journal. So I was sitting with my journal and I was um, going to name that, you know, whoa, promo is so intense. Like um, I'm rem- it's every year it's this is the most intense thing that I do um, because it's it's a high investment container. So I'm like asking a lot, quote unquote, from people. It has a uh finite number of seats. So unlike everything else I do where I'm like, I don't care, 20 people could come, 100 people could come, like whatever, I'm just calling everyone in. You know, This is something where it's like, the vision said this many people are supposed to come, you know? And so that, that makes the stakes feel like more intense for my inner children. <laughs> and, um, and so it's always like a really high pressure cooker scenario that I every year like learn how to hold myself through. And from year one to year two of Magician's Table, I went from one cohort to two. So that was like very spiralic learning like how to expand it and the pressures of promo around filling spots and stuff like that. And then last year was like the first year where I um, filled it super quick, you know, and it was like, whoa, I like wasn't even done with all I wanted to talk about yet. Like, I'm not even going to get to use all this good promo that I wrote. (laughs) Um, Blessing. And then this year I'm moving from two to three and I have raised the price. And so there's like more for my human self to be like, ah, you know, like, oh, the pressure, the pressure, you know. So I was writing in my journal that last night I was on a walk with my dog in the dark and I remembered that I have these abilities with inner child healing, like 
Yoo-hoo, don't forget your gifts <laughs> because we sometimes don't remember. Don't remember that we have these gifts. We have these tools and we're like, ah, oh, thrashing, you know, like, oh yeah, I actually teach on this stuff. <laughs> oh, right. So I sat with my scared parts. We'll call them scared parts. They're the scared parts of me. And they were like, what if nobody comes? And they were like, what if, what if? Um, and then I practice inhabiting my wise elder, my wise parent, my wise grandparent. And I just kept repeating again and again. Like, yeah, that sounds scary. And also, no matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. No matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. No matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. I'm going to be here. I'm not going to abandon you. We'll work it out. No matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. So I'm writing this this morning, and as I repeated it three times, it was like that. It was like, dun, dun, dun. Like, it was like a drop-in, and then I just started writing. So I want to share with you what I wrote, um, and it because then it just was like coming in. And I knew from the moment I sat down that my guidance was with me, but I hadn't like done the whole thing where you're like calling it in and you're saying a prayer. And I kind of, I love that because it reminds me that like I have, I have immediate access all the time. I don't have to like set out a time to do this. You know, it's just here. This could have happened in the car. So I wrote... The future me will respond to all scenarios with love, wisdom, and care. The next Monday me will be the one responding to the number of applications. The late February me will be the one responding to what's going on then. I have no choice but to trust that it's all unfolding perfectly and I'm doing a great job. I keep pulling the tower and it feels like it's all about the mental game of trust and surrender and the pain there. The bottom line is I will steward this container and I will steward these 13th readers no matter what happens. I named my exchange and I set up my pricing based on my desires and my desires are sacred and loving. Part of how I love the magician's table is is through this pricing scheme. Practicing the pressure and high sensation of this exchange is part of the magic. You are learning how to be with this pressure, the pressure of your big 
dreams. Because you practice it for yourself, you will help others to practice it for themselves. I want to help mystics name and hold and steward their humongous visions and dreams. And a massive part of that is staying with your visions through the pressures of doubt and fear of failure. Maybe that dream is loving yourself more and seeing how your gifts have impact. Maybe your dream is to feel more integrated in your magic, whether you're at the grocery store or reading tarot, you're always magical. Maybe that's to turn your Akashic readings into a side gig that you adore. Maybe that's to tap into what the unique wild offering is that's trying to move through you. Maybe it's to be full-time respected as a public astrologer with a beloved podcast and exciting collaborations and visible gigs like horoscope writing. At the magician's table, I am here, your team is here to witness and celebrate your dreams and visions and cheer you on and help you remember yourself when you have when you move through the material that comes up, when you name, claim, hold, and steward these dreams into being. I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> because um, like that really helped me. You see, what, what they gave me was they helped me get into my column, my like root of clarity. Because when you're doubting and you're in a fear spiral and you're like, but what if, but what if, what, but what if, da, 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 like you're out of your root, you know, like, and you're not clear, you're not clear on what you're doing. And they just came in and was like, this is, let's get clear. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. And what you're experiencing right now is in a fractal way what you're helping people learn how to move through and have more confidence moving through. It's because you move through these pressures when you expand your vision. Like I've expanded the vision of Magician's Table this year. So as I expand my vision, so I learn how to sit and hold with the vision even when parts of me are thrashing and even when parts of me are spiraling and they're freaking out. Because it's like, vision, I will not abandon you. I am staying here. I'm right here with you. Thrashing's fine, but I'm here. And this is really ultimately what I care about doing is supporting supporting you, supporting emerging magical people, whatever it is, the vision is, is none of my business. But my, because I know about these pressures and I put myself through them, I'm here to help you stay with it. It's one thing to name. It's another thing to claim. 
It's another thing altogether to hold to. And then it's another thing to steward. Like these are different steps along a trajectory. And it's not about you getting through all of them and our time together. Maybe just naming yourself a magical person is like the wild and radical thing that you came to do. And like full celebration of that, you know, that's huge. But each of these steps to staying with it is, um, is rollicking to the world, your inner world and your outer world. And that's like what I'm here for, you know, that's what, that's really what I'm here for because I put myself through this, I can support you through it. If I can do it, you can do it. And the Magician's Container is a space where we allow ourselves to walk into the unknown and into the myths so that we can remember that we already have these abilities. We already, there is a self that's existing that is already living the vision. That's why you're seeing it at all. And trusting in that is, is a huge leap for the spirit and the soul that the human self will find very frightening. So we've got tools for that. We've got tools for that. We're working at multidimensional levels in the magician's table. So I can support you, like learn that you already know this and then you can do it for yourself. Huh. Mm, mm, mm. that felt really good thank you so much for being here please go reach out to mary follow mary get on her newsletter if you resonate with mary's voice i cannot recommend having mary in your life enough information about her new offering is going to be in the links if you listen to this before um before her deadline which i think I think she said it's February 17th, but don't listen to me. Um, Go and go to Mary's website to find out. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone here. So much love, so much love, so much love.